0: Good morning, everyone. This is the DOLW three podcast. Today is Thursday, October twenty eighth, and today is the Memorial Day of Saint Simon and Saint Jude. And um, I think it's a beautiful day to to uh, witness to um, some of the things going on in the Lansing diocese. And uh, we are we are the podcast. Watchers, uh, we have formed a group called the uh, Diocese of Lansing um, Watch Group. But today, I'm going to veer from that, and I want to veer to the Saint Mary, uh, Saint Mary MacKillop Coalition. And what is that? Well, it is a group that was started by um, a couple of faithful. Um, Journalists who have experienced and been um, victimized by clergy in in the Diocese of Lansing. And um, I want to tell you that, you know, when when, uh, younger people get together and they see the wrong in the church and they speak for our Lord uh, out about this. Well, you know, there again, they were um, in the beginning, they were um, basically outcasted. If if I can say so, um, and and through their um, tenacity, through their they form through their their fight and their willingness to let, um, witness to other victims. So the Saint Mary MacKillop Coalition is for the protection of children and vulnerable adults in the Diocese of Lansing. They are tireless workers. Um, And they inspire, they inspire me, and they inspire, um, other Catholic lay people with the work they do. It's, it's profound work. It's a, it's a beautiful work of, um, journalism. And, um, and they do all this with the, with having children. They have careers of their own, but yet they, they love the church. And they know that, um, you know, they look into and they see and they investigate the souls of victims who have um, experienced trauma in the church. And then what happens? Well, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about witness literature in my last podcast. And witness literature is, is uh, it's done because um, there's a, there is, throughout history, um, there's erasure of memories. Um you know, a truly um, devious or successful misdeed they say in this witness literature is um, leave no witnesses and in in a lot of ways, unfortunately, our church throughout its history wants to get rid of the the um, the witnesses. And hide that and hide behind it. And then what happens to those souls that um, were victimized? You know, is it any wonder that we have um, Catholics who leave the church? Now, I want to say this. For the most part, the Catholic church is a beautiful church. For the most part, there are the most beautiful priests and um, nuns and missionaries and dedicated lay people who work throughout the world doing good works. But it's the misdeeds I'm talking about today and it's the um the the way of the church not to expose that uh those misdeeds so they hide it and it becomes a big lie and it just it just grows as um uh evil in the church. And so uh it, it, that is why we have been reading in our other um podcast if you if you want to find that podcast it's the the Diocese of Lansing Watch podcast and it um, it uh, goes over it has been they have been reading in that podcast the um the books on uh the of Randy angles and she did that she did a 17 year investigative report and uh, all about the homosexuality in the in the Roman Catholic Church and how how much of it has been um put on the shelves and uh it has been said you know uh, bishop Fulton Sheen he told us you know that it would be the lay people that would have to um bring the church back, bring it, write it, you know, and, you know, get up from the pews and speak. And the same with uh, the book that I've been reading on the call of the lady. O.V. Cruz tells us, you know, that we, we do have a voice in the church. God does work with the Holy Spirit um, on lay people, and we are to speak up. And if God is nudging you to do that, um, you know, then then do it. And if you're afraid to do it, you know there are there are avenues and we we teach in this in this podcast in this group um that we form, the Lansing Diocese Watch we teach we teach you how to do that we teach you to write writing is such an amazing tool because it you know it it's it's saved throughout history it doesn't go away so with that um i want to uh Let's see did I touch on everything I wanted to touch on, so you know Saint Mary Mckillop, okay, this coalition that was formed uh, in the Diocese of Lansing um, you know they they looked to Saint Mary Mckillop the saint, so I want to tell you a little bit about her um She was uh a lot like the woman in this in our coalition she she uh exposed. A pedophile priest who was abusing children, she exposed him. Well, then she was punished, and she was removed. Um, and I don't know if you realize that, but we have um, priests and seminarians who expose. And what happens to them? Well, they get removed. Um, and uh, get removed from their church. and their, and, and they're Not removed from the church, but removed from their jobs in the church. And may end up somewhere else because they opened their mouth. There is... In some cases, not every case in every diocese of the church, but in some cases, there are uh, bishops who um, protect the homosexuality in the church, protect their priests, and um, and at the expense of the, the victims. And we want to see that changed. And that is why God gave us a voice. You know, throughout history, um, God has always been with his people you know when you think back to the time of Moses when um Moses was called to help free the um all of the Hebrews that were in um slavery and uh, servitude, and we're we're being, you know, victimized and and brutalized beyond normal slavery. And God, what did God do? He stood up for his people. Well, that is still going on today in different forms. And if you think there's any church out there, any faction of the church that has left the church and started another church, that it's not going to go on there, well, then you're thinking wrong. There is evil out there. We have to understand there's good and evil forces. um, From the times of Adam and Eve, it has always been, and so we are always combating that, and that's what we're doing. Do we want to tear our church down? Absolutely not. What we want to do is be the voice of truth, and truth is what all people want to hear. Um, Catholics who have left the church need to hear this truth, need to know that it, that there's a truth, and that um, in Jesus Christ, in his church, it's meant to be a community of believers who love Jesus and who love um, love his people. So with that, um I want to read to you today uh about something we've been doing here in our group. Now I told you we write, we write as guides to teach. And so what I'm going to read today I think goes quite well with um what the uh what it means to um to silence voices. We believe that speaking is healing. It is very important to speak. And, in, and one of the ways to do so is in writing, and a lot of people do not know how to how to uh to approach their bishop when they 've ha- they 've been wronged most of them think they just throw their hands up and they leave, you know whether it be a financial abuse, sexual abuse um, verbal abuse, um, maybe uh even just being ignored in the church when you 've had a question so these this is um right now like i said we 're speaking on um Putting love where there is no love. And the Persian messenger, the Persian messenger is a, a true story about how um, the, message, the message that the messenger carries um, can be killed. You know, that's one of the things that is done is that it's stopped. They don't want the truth out. So with that, we're going to show you a little bit about this and we are again dedicating this to the St. Mary McKillop Coalition and for those who work uh, in that protection of children and vulnerable adults. We uh, We are just so thankful that you're there and doing this work. It's going to help many now and in the future. Okay, putting love where there is no love um, this is a brief, so it's long. I doubt that I'm going to get to the whole thing today, so we'll do it in a couple of podcasts, but um, we're going to get started here. So, uh, Order of Carmel Help and Hope Series for the Diocese. Instructions on use. Write your first letter to the bishop. We understand. Join us. We cannot promise fairness, but you will be putting love where there is no love. Be not afraid of what should be. Be not afraid be not afraid of the truth about ourselves. We care. Join us in this missionary effort of new evangelization. We were, You were made for this. Writing is like composing music. Many hit songwriters never perform. They write and let others perform the hit song. Jordan Peterson, a hit writer and top hits performer, reminds us that his wife is more intuitive and prefers to behold the scenes. I'm sorry, be behind the scenes, not performing in front of the camera. She relies on her rosary. Pray for her and him. Without them, this work would be less robust. Writing and not performing the song in front of a camera is totally acceptable and is what you can do with your letters. So write your letter. You do not need to give press interviews or answer questions on video. Let others do that for you. You tell them you are a simple songwriter and others will sing the song, that you are a grieving witness and need time alone to grieve the loss you have suffered. This is part of our Voices effort in church. and and is simply a hatchling effort at witness literature. Existing and being a witness, like you, we have been lied to and lied about. Like you, we have collectively suffered abuse at the hands of the clergy and their staff. We have been arrested, threatened with arrest, locked out of the brick-and-mortar church, a parish church we built with our own hands and our own treasure, only to end up being barred from entering simply because we were witnesses Witnesses to abuse. So you, I just want to um, digress here. So you see that when we're talking about, um, and this this is based on true stories. So uh, what happens? You know, the witness is the one who gets locked out. Don't we don't even get a seat at the table? We can't even express um, without being shut down. You know, by but collectively sometimes by the staff and the priest all together. And how does that happen? Oh, they must be right because they all got rid of that person, right? Well, I ask you to go to our website, the uh, Lansing Diocese Watch website, and check out the nesting. And that is out by the Pope. There's a, He did a whole homily on the nesting culture that's going on um, with the priests, the clergy, and the staff uh, in churches that, you know, it's like a priest and staff mentality that um, really gets involved with not allowing a witness to speak and um, just um, having them as the Godhead rather than Jesus, you know, and we're looking for what Jesus wants in his church. And yes, he does want the truth in his church. He wants vulnerable adults to be able to speak. And sometimes you don't even have to be vulnerable. If you do speak up, you know, you, uh, it's kill the messenger. Okay, back to the reading. Only to end witnessed Catholic community and Catholic doctrine destroyed by clergy and staff in charge of making things better. With the Beatles, we simply ask, Bishop, do you still love us? Will you still love us when we are 64? Uh, I have to comment on that. I'm digressing again. So, uh, you know, I'm speaking to more of the elder Catholics. Maybe you feel like you don't have a voice because you're older and nobody's going to listen to you. You know, it happens a lot, doesn't it, in our society? You know, be, just because you're uh, after a certain age, um, what you have to say isn't important. Well, I'd like to buzz that one right now and tell you that no. You know, our Lord, uh, you know, uh, with uh, St. Elizabeth, she became pregnant and she was well into her 60s. Anything can happen through our Lord. We love God, Christ, reason, and our Catholic faith and his church. Our goal is to dress the bride of holiness, Christ in holiness. This is a Carmel thing to love and make lovable that which is not lovable. And we do that by putting love where there is no love. What we are offering is a minimal effort on your part and minimally invasive to the bishop. In fact, we can choose to ignore the letter all together and put it in the trash. Your intention, your gaining function and capacity as a witness is pleasing to God. So we're going to page two. We believe our voice. Our voices have not been heard and instead too often have been represented and misrepresented by the polls and experts by the clergy lobbies and their staff. We are told that experts will represent to the bishop a summary of our condition, concluding to the bishop something like, if you have one foot in the bucket of fire and another foot in a bucket of ice, that, on average, your feeling is just fine. We are told that the expert bishops will represent to our bishops that the polls say that youth are not leaving the church due to the scandals, and we just want to remind the bishop that the polls are not our teacher. Historically, polls tell us that the youth follow the crowds, and those crowds choose Barabbas. And with Jesus, the crowds want him crucified. Our history tells us God can be lost at the top of the clergy, leadership, and staff, and these same scriptures originating with our Father, memorialized by the Holy Spirit, remind us of this fact, especially in the loss of God when the clergy intentionally lost the Ark of the Covenant. Our diocese, admits we have lost 20 percent of our church family in a five-year period. We feel it is more accurate to say the loss is closer to 50 percent or more. In our families, it is close to 70 percent. We are responding. Okay, I need to get a little drink here, so um, bear with me. Your witness letter is a real Catholic voice reviewing the life of truth and justice of the Catholic Church and asking questions. Circumstanced by the sin of betrayal, Dante locates at the deepest point in hell, the dwelling place of a betrayer's Dr. Jordan Peterson makes note of the caustic psychological reality of betrayal and offers a re- remedy for this sin, asking that we all simply start with a change by an individual effort to tell the truth or at least do not lie and clean your room. Your letter will help clean out clean our collective room, our parish, our diocese, and our church. Okay, I want to digress right here, um, so I'm thinking of. Um, a couple of the people in the um, St. Mary McKillop Coalition. And I know their experience and I know um, what they have been going through, these victims. Um, They first were victims themselves. One um, of uh, um, priest sexual harassment and the other of uh, homosexual activities um, that he fought against, and um, and since then, since he's become an adult, has tried to expose them only to be victimized again, both of them only to be victimized again. I want you to know that by them wanting to shut them up, basically what, what they want everybody to believe is that they're crybabies, and, um, you know, uh, that's my take on it, you know, that just be- and because they're speaking up, all they want to do is stir up trouble, stir up trouble for the church, in other words, shut your mouth, stay quiet, just like um, the killing of the messengers that we're talking about today. They want the message silenced. Well, I'm telling you this, folks. If it's going on with two people, it's going on with more. And that is why these two people have made it their mission to um, get it out there, get, the, get it out there, and they've worked hard and tirelessly. They've, been, they've gotten sick. They, you know, I mean, it is very, it is difficult work what they're doing, but they fought. And it. not only is it difficult, but when they fight, you get such a sense of freedom that um, you're doing something right. And when God, when you are doing it with God and you are praying and you are exposing um, evil in the church, when you are doing something for our Lord, he takes care of you, you know, when, when that, that song, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands. When you are praying like these, like these two people who have decided to use their voices and their experience for the good of the church, for the growth of the church, not for just the church of today, but for the church of the future, for their children's church, they're speaking up and speaking out. Is it difficult? Yes, it is. But it's also rewarding. There's also um, something so... Um, so beautiful when you're exposing evil and um, putting truth where there is no truth. And it also gives you, when, when we say speaking is healing, it gives you a sense of strength and of courage. Um, I believe um, the St. Mary McKillop went through the same thing. You know, she, um, by exposing it, even though she was removed from her job and later reinstated, and that happened to her two or three times, um, and now she's made a saint uh, for all to see throughout eternity. You know, um, one of the things that came out recently in the Lansing Diocese, they're, they're doing um, a video series uh, on the Bible and um, speaking, you know, going through the Bible in a year. Uh, they spoke about Tamar. And I, for those of you who don't know Tamar, Tamar is uh, forever um, in the Bible you know she was removed um by her stepbrother who raped her and uh, he didn't he couldn 't stand the sight of her every time he saw her it would remind him of the rape he did he um brutalized her and um he took away anything that she could possibly have in her community he he wouldn't marry her because during that time um once uh you know you have been uh you were a virgin and um you know, once once you're um, made dirty by having sex, you're removed from the community. So he took every aspect away from her by shutting her up and not wanting to see her. But what did our Lord do? What did our Lord do for Tamar? Well, she's in the Bible to this day, and God's word speaks for all to see. The evil was exposed, and in the end, Amman was shown how evil he was, and throughout throughout generations, her voice is going to speak. It will always speak, and uh, that's what God does for us for His people. He He heals us through our speaking, you know. And we look at the saints. How many saints spoke? How many saints were brought to death, um, but for a good cause? And there's when we say speaking is healing. Of course, you're not all going to die. Um, we find in our group here, you know that. Um, Speaking helps us um, heal what has happened. The loss um, being thrown out of your church uh, uh, when you know you're doing right. It makes you stronger. It makes you stronger to speak up because we're looking at Jesus. We're looking at the Godhead in the church. And we're looking at the church God intended. And having a voice is very, um, it's just very healing. So we'll continue on here. Witness literature is a witness letter to your bitch, bishop. And these are things, remember guys, that we can do. We can write letters to our bishop and we're here to show you how to do that. Uh, in this podcast, that's what we're reading today. For those of you just uh, uh, don't totally understand, th- this is a letter and we are reading it as a witness literature. Witness literature is important. It can cause change. That's what we're about. We want to speak, not just to open our mouths and flaps our jaws. We want to We want to speak, and if enough of us speak, it forces those in the hierarchy to have to change, and change for the good. Meet one of our patrons, a genuine modern witness, Cardinal Stefan Wyszynski. His witness to totalerians came in the form of his prison diary. It read, I was of the opinion that the modern world needed another kind of martyrdom, the martyrdom of work, not of blood. Consider your letter as a simple letter appealing to bishop requesting fairness and caring, sharing pain, your pain, created by clergy and staff who have failed to follow the rules. Their collective rule breaking has destroyed ca- their collective rule breaking has destroyed Catholic community and Catholic doctrine. Use this letter when you are thinking of leaving church or you are considering returning to church. Do not assume the bishop knows about your pain and suffering. We believe the bishop is only informed in about 30% of the time about circumstances that drive people out of the Catholic Church and the version of events almost always are delivered on the lips of clergy and staff, professional Catholics who make their living off the church. You can change that. The practices of institutional bullies are not easily attainable. Abuse in all its forms has proven extremely Efficient in concealing its secrets and leaving no witnesses behind to testify, truly successful misdeeds have leave no witnesses. And Eng Dal thats the man who said this. It's E N G D A H L. It is the Orwellian horror over the systematic erasure of memory in totalitarian societies that grant this type of witness literature. Your letter a distinct place and reception in salvation history. Your letter can be a rebuke of evil. If this profound fracture of reality is unregulated, Catholic clergy lobbies and staff still possess a potential or indirect menace to church society. It should be overcome by prevention, by knowledge. And if prevention in this case, spelled knowledge, implies research and hereby appeal to the witness of abuse, of totalitarianism, then it is testimony that becomes the foundation of any such endeavor. Your witness letter is that witness testimony to the dominion of the lie, the totalitarian empire of injustice ruled over by Satan, who argued with Saint Michael the Archangel and whose offspring has be- had enmity an- with the off- offspring of the woman. Mary and our father since the beginning. You will recall Michael was confronting and disputing with Satan over the body of Moses and said, May the Lord rebuke you to Satan for attempting to steal the body of Moses. Jude 9, 22-24 This memory of a profound challenge of evil and contested dispute was chosen by our father to be preserved for our benefit for you and me. Over over 30 years ago, E. Weisel already acknowledged witness literature as an innovation of our times. If the Greeks invented tragedy, the Romans, the the epistle, the Renaissance, the sonnet, our generation invented a new literature, that of testimony. Further back in time to Greek mythology, we learn in order to hide his guilt, Tersus cut out Phil- Philomena's tongue, Philomena, however, although unable to speak, managed to weave the crime into a tapestry and brought it to her sister Procene. who or she revealed the crime to her sister by working the details in embroidery, the fruit of her hands. Just you know i you know I hope you get the gist of that uh, I worried that my reading uh, isn't clear enough for you um this is what happens but um god uh God certainly um picks the lowly in in these kinds of things, and uh, I am so so happy to do his work, so I just want to tell you you know Philomena had her tongue cut out because she was raped, and um by actually she was a sister to um um, to the king's wife, and uh, he thought she was so beautiful, so he raped her, and he tried to shut her up by cutting out her tongue, yet she found this beautiful way that she could embroidery to her sister what had happened. How beautiful, huh, that the, that the voice is preserved um, in that way, and that speaking is so important. Speaking is so healing. Okay, so the attribution, Witness Literature, a Conceptual Framework, Laura, S-A-S-U, Engdal H. Witness Literature, Philomino's Tongue, Introductory Remarks on Witness Literature in Proceedings of the Nobel Centennial Symposium, Stockholm, World Scientific Publishing Company, PTE-LTD, 2002, Weisel E., The Holocaust as a Liberty Inspiration in Dimensions of Holocaust, Eliot Leifkowitz, E.D., Evanston, Illinois, Northwestern University Press, 1977. And that's all from that witness literature, and if you want to look it up, it's called the Literature of Witness. And those are the people that uh, were involved with that. Okay, Anatomy of Effort. Originated in pain. Unnecessary pain. Malevolence brings unnecessary pain. Our letters are sent to the bishop and we believe he sends them to the parish pastor and the parish leaders we are having problems with. We ask him to do this. We do not hear from the bishop or his staff and we do not expect a response. We want change and we have witnessed to change. I want to digress right here and I want to talk a little bit about. What Carmel tells us, what St. John of the Cross tells us, you know, you have a devil on your left and you have a devil on your right. And in prayer, when you do these things, stay close to God in prayer, because you're up against a lot of evil. And so the the point, what St. What John of the Cross tells us, and I think it's just so absolutely beautiful, and it has helped me so much throughout this opening my mouth and speaking, um, speaking out, um, is that I keep my hand, my eyes on God. I know that I am called by God to do this. I know that vulnerable adults have no one to speak for them, and um our Father He just lets you know He lets you know, even though you get on the cross and it hurts at times, you still have to um you have to speak, and what you're speaking for and what you're keeping your eyes on is God and just like jesus went away and went to you know a place by himself go to that place every day and speak and keep god in your presence throughout your day in every little thing you do that is what carmel is all about it's is your life is a prayer it's being present to god every day knowing that he is watching you and just keep him visible in in everything you're doing when you feel scared Look to God, look that He's watching you right now, and He is strengthening you. That's Carmel. It's pretty simple. it's looking that looking and seeing that God is there with you. Keep that vision always. all right. The staff encourages us to keep up our effort, but they cannot be seen associating with us since it is guilt by association. They tell us they hug tea. And whisper, keep up your efforts. The clergy will not make eye contact because of the shame, and they tell the community in mass not to write the bishop. That's right, folks. Sometimes uh, you're exposed right, right in the, right in the homily. Yeah, they they say don't write to your bishop. You know, just uh, um, that the bishop doesn't need to be bothered by these little things. It's okay to dump a vulnerable adult, kick him out to society to die. All you guys got to do is look on the streets, um, and you'll see homeless people. I want you to look at them. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, we, we, uh, we have this thought about them. Oh, you know, they deserve what they've done, you know. Do you know a lot? And I don't know the percentage. I could look that up for you. In fact, I will. But the percentage of homeless people, the majority of them are mentally ill. This is what we do to our mentally ill people, vulnerable adults. We, um, with solid minds and voices, need to speak out about this and need to help these people, especially those mentally ill in your church, those vulnerable in your church. We don't just ignore them. Okay. To be effective, it is not necessary to have direct contact by the bishop or his staff. A focused letter can get the job done and record for posterity what you have witnessed and suffered. I just want to digress one more time here and tell you that, um, you know, I've written to the bishop. And um, one of the things in Carmel that we are taught is, you know, don't worry about your successes or your failures. What you're doing is you're witnessing to God. So whether, you know, it gets you an answer, it doesn't get you an answer, it gives you a voice. And the bishop knows you're out there. And then, you know, like... uh, I, that story in the Bible always comes to my mind, where the the little old woman goes to the king, and she constantly says what she needs, and the king finally just gives into her and says, "Here, woman, here, you've got it's it's yours." The point is that change happened because she was relentless. And so these letters, if they're coming um, from Catholics um, all around the community, then the bishop has to answer to them. You know, this is what, this is what, this is the heartbeat of my community. This is the heartbeat of my diocese. When he hears um, people complaining about the things his priests are doing, believe me, his priests probably don't always tell him the truth. They tell him just maybe a portion of what's happened, and you know, and probably you know, honestly, I think blow it off and say, well, you know, this person is just you know um, a needy person and, and uh complaining, you know, and the bishop, you know, has got so much on his plate, he can only see so much. So, but you know, let's say let's say a bunch of us start to, you know complaining about the things that are happening in our church that we think are wrong, you know, pretty soon he's got to stand up and say, wait a minute, you know, it's not just one, two, three, four, look at this is really growing. And I think when we look at the Mary McKillop coalition started, you know, for these children, um, that are abused and, uh, adults that are abused, uh, it's it's turning out victims and investigating is finding more and more I mean there have been priests that are removed because um, they 've been coddled and uh, um, they are homosexual and um, doing wrong things and they 've been removed it 's not just uh, not just people opening their mouths and just spilling lies. There is real truth going on here, and evil is being confronted okay we're on the next session. And uh, I can see I'm only on page four. So, you know, this might be this might be three, uh, three podcasts. But I think it's so important because we are teaching. We are teaching you guys that um, you can write. And uh, this here we're giving you uh, this is eventually going to be a book and a guide to to you all. And then to those in the future, Um, even if it gets put on the shelf now someone will have a reference to go to, like Randy Ingalls and her 17-year effort. There is, you know, we're advocating that her 17-year effort be put in the seminary and be a class um, on the abuses that can happen by silence, by people not speaking up. Okay, onward. All right, so here it is, a copy and paste from the e-version what you need. The way of the cross leads home the campaign uh, leads home letter campaign uh, nine fourteen fifteen uh, so it 's the fourteenth and the fifteenth of twenty twenty one that 's just recently we 've been working on these things just the last few months and so we uh we 're actually getting up to uh chapter three and um, so i 've got a lot to read to you, but I think this is uh, going to be so helpful. And um, to dedicate too, also, um, uh, to also to Ovi Cruz, who opened my mind and my mouth um, by reading The Call of the Laity. And also to uh, a friend and colleague who passed some of these books on to me that I would not have known uh, about these things. Um, I knew I felt them in my heart, especially when the sexual uh, abuse crisis broke out. And um, my heart just had, went out to the victims and to their parents and to the souls that probably left the faith because of those that they looked up to as priests and as bishops, what they did and um, how, how damaging it was to their souls. Okay, so, the way of the letter of the cross leads home. Letter campaign, that's what we're reading. Letter number one, from Andersonville Prison, a clergy civil war prison. This is a tribute prism in remembrance of the American Civil War, a.k.a. the missionary nature of evangelizing the lost sheep, VIA disciplinary ministry on errant members of the clergy. Takeaway, carmel task of forming believers. The goal is this. We have a moral imperative, a duty, to work for a church government that will confront evil. To Catholics who have left the church in the Diocese of Lansing or are contemplating leaving the church, you are not alone. We recently, as church, lost 20% of our family in a five-year period. It is anticipated we will continue to lose 20% in the coming five-year period. The, well, the well-defined the well problem, falsifying structures of reality, if you have witnessed, part, participated in, or experienced the falsification of structures of reality by clergy or staff, then this letter campaign is for you. And taken to memorialize your reality of pain and loss. From we are the diocese lay we are the diocesan laity watchers. We are people of determination, embracing a martyrdom of work, not of blood. We are labeled haters by clergy and staff. You know, I want to just digress here. I want to talk a little bit about martyrdom of work. You know, saints in the past have all, you know, I mean, many of them have died, have been martyred, were, you know, <laughs> were some of the most torturous deaths. Um, it has been said now that that the martyrs of today in the Catholic Church, um, we work. There are martyrdoms of work. Um, and let me give you the the um, the martyrdom of work, for example, in... What the Mary McKillop Coalition is doing, uh, her and her colleague and uh, those doing these investigations, they're not pretty, and they're painful, and they want to kill the messenger. They want you to shut up. So uh, it's very hard. It's very hard on them, and it's hard on their families, but it's the faith in God and the faith in a better church and a better church for their children that is the point. So it's not blood but it is in some ways you know it's it's their sweat their um their time um their their conscience uh, all that is involved and it's it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult work you know writing is uh and writing and investigating takes uh takes its toll on your thoughts and your mind and your time and um yet at the same time when you do it it's such a gift to god you know, it's it's such a beautiful, loving gift of time. So, so martyrdom takes on many forms. Okay, um, uh, well-defined problem. From we are the diocesan la- laity watchers. We are the people of determination, embracing a martyrdom of work, not of blood. We are labeled haters by clergy and staff. Our pitch. Before leaving church, consider some dos and don'ts. If you have left, consider some do's and don'ts before deciding to permanently stay away. Our well-defined solution is crucifixion. The clergy and staff crucify us and we return the favor to the bishop. As we as a lay watcher community crucify our bishop on a weekly basis. It is both historical and biblical. You cannot do this if you leave the church. It is a much more robust effort to stay, to stay in the church <laughs> and consider the many options available inside the church that can lead to crucifixion. Increasing lines of communication and cooperation between the lay watcher community and clergy and staff is a a necessary step towards a proper and informed crucifixion of your bishop. The letter campaign does just that. Stay tuned as we offer service guides on good government to our clergy and their staff through these letters, grievances, pageantries, and and condemnations. So with that, I want to Digress a little bit, so you know what we are trying to do here is we, we you know the the, the letters are uh, painful for the bishop to uh, you know we don 't we believe that maybe he doesn 't always get told the whole truth, maybe he doesn 't know the whole story again, we are all about holiness and increasing everyone 's capacity for holiness, and yes, that even means correcting our bishop, you know bringing these things to his um, to his conscience so that he knows, uh, what's going on. And he, so, so the crucifixion is, you know, in our eyes, um, our, our bishop is being crucified and, uh, he has to, to consider us, consider his clergy and consider everybody. So this is, this is a difficult process. And, um, we ask, you know, he is crucified and uh, through these things, as you begin to see, so I was trying to help you maybe better understand what we mean by crucifixion, that um, we ask the bishop to to watch, to not stop us, to help us, to let us use our voice. And with that, um, change begins to happen. And we do see change by the bishop being willing to let us speak. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read this well-defined solution one more time. Our well-defined solution is crucifixion. The clergy and the staff crucify us, and we return the favor to the bishop. We, as a lay watcher community, crucify our bishop on a weekly basis. It is both historical and biblical. You cannot do this if you leave the church. It is much more robust effort to stay in the church and consider the many options available inside the church that can lead to crucifixion. Increasing lines of communication and cooperation between the lay watcher community and clergy and staff is a necessary step towards a proper and informed crucifixion of your bishop. The letter campaign does just that. Stay tuned as we offer service guides on good government to our clergy and their staff through these letters, grievances, pageantries, and condemnations. We have witnessed and experienced the destruction of Catholic community and Catholic doctrine by clergy lobbies and their staff. We have collectively experienced what you have experienced, and we have chosen to stay, you who have left the church can claim no exclusivity to your pain, your crucifixion, and your injustice. We, as people of determined determination, invite you to witness as we, Catholic voices, refuse to be uh, refuse to be silenced and instead invite others to behold the crucifixion perpetrated by clergy and staff. Behold the way of the cross that leads home. So um, I really like that part where... Um, uh, he describes us as uh, people of determined determination um, staff clergy i 'm not even sure the bishop maybe maybe we're reported to the bishop as haters. We uh, see ourselves through Carmel um, because there's there was a lot of uh, uh, re- reform in the in Carmel throughout the years um, and you know they see themselves as not haters but as determined determination. That that's what we are. We are people of determined determination. We don't just stop because it gets the cross gets too heavy. I just I just happened to think today is the I think I told you this at the beginning, and if I didn't, I intended to, that today is the memorial of Saint Simon and Saint Jude. And um boy, what a day to be putting this out. Uh you know, Simon was was um forced into work. You know, he had to help Jesus carry his cross. And uh, when you look at that Stations of the Cross and you see Simon helping Jesus, you know, I like to put myself there. I like to put myself as, um, uh, yes, I was forced into this um, by the very experience that happened, you know, with with, uh, the mentally ill woman um, and, um, you know, trying to help her. um, And and I had to make a lot of changes. And so so being Simon, um, I see, you know, that... There he was, and there he is, and we are the Simons today. Um, You know, picture yourself as under the arms of Jesus and under the cross. That's Carmel. You know, picture yourself as helping Jesus. He's there with you, carrying that cross. And this this type of work is difficult, but it's so beautiful. It understands. It helps you understand why Jesus, you know, needs our help to this day to um, build the kingdom of God. Okay. Increasing lines of communication and cooperation between the lay watcher community and clergy and staff is a necessary step towards a proper informed crucifixion of your bishop. The letter campaign does just that. Stay tuned as we offer service guides on good government to our clergy and their staff through these letters, grievances, pageantries, and condemnations. So I hope that little speech I just gave helps you understand that, that, you know, determined determination. Um, Let's carry on here. We have witnessed and experienced the destruction of Catholic community and Catholic doctrine by clergy lobbies and their staff. We have collectively experienced what you have experienced, and we, we have chosen to stay. You have left the church. You, who have left the church, can claim no exclusivity to your pain, your crucifixion, and your injustice. We, as people of determined determination, invite you to witness as we Catholic voices refuse to be silenced and instead invite others to behold the the crucifixion. Perpetrated by clergy and staff, behold the way of the cross that leads home. Okay, Um, this is the what. Persian Messenger Syndrome. Catholic Church, Sampling of Infected Breakthrough Sites. The ca- the campa- this campaign series introduces or discusses or demonstrates ideas, basic building blocks for you to consider when creating your watcher community. First of all, God is diffusive. Two, man has the capacity to receive God by participation. Church exists to diffuse God. Society number four, society is to benefit from church diffusion of God. Five, clergy and staff have aided in the block in the blocking and eclipsing this diffusion of God. Six, suffering and pain are universal phenomena we have all experienced. Seven, clergy and staff have originated needless suffering and pain. The WHO, the way of the cross leads home. Bishop Boyer's. See clearly method for improved vision. The how. Overture. We have been betrayed and abused by clergy and staff. We love our vocation to holiness. It is more important to be holy than it is to be a bishop, even the Bishop of Rome. In times past, one would have to seek a crusade to a foreign land to suffer and die for for the faith. Today, one need only step outside of the home to enter that foreign land, projecting influence deep into the church to face seemingly insurmountable crosses of death. Carmel has a demonstrated capacity to convert the dead to life, sinners to saints. On the morning of the third millennium, Think of Carmel as Mother's as a mother's kitchen, warm, inviting with the smells of food cooking, your favorite comfort food tempting your palate, being prepared to sustain you, you personally this day and throughout the days and nights to come, Archbishop's or dirty-faced street orphans mothers has taught of, has thought of you, and your meal in a warm, safe place is waiting for you. Never alone, your family of Carmel will accompany you on new pathways to holiness in the third millennium. Join us as we not only make more robust our faith, but brighten its flame. As you draw closer to Christ, have no fear. He will take nothing from you. In fact, you will find you have more options with Christ, not less. Our goal in this life is to behold the the beatific beatific oh gosh beatific vision oh my goodness some of these are tongue twisters for me so um it's in other words beautiful vision uh in the life to come this letter campaign template offers you a method to to achieve your goal stay in the church and express your voice offering suffering a voice the suffering you have witnessed and often personally experienced We believe you have more options inside the church than outside the church to punish, to protect society, to... Okay, wait a minute. Let's, Let's begin here again. We believe you have more options inside the church than outside the church to punish, to protect society, to reform the evil inside the church and seek restitution for the wrongdoing the wicked clergy and their staff have worked upon you and your family. This letter campaign recognizes the ongoing wounding of Christ and the wounds inflicted upon the Holy Church, inflicted by clergy and staff. Isn't that beautiful when you look at uh, um, what the priests and clergy do when they are doing misdeeds, um, the wounds that they inflict upon Christ. That is just such beautiful wording. Okay, we're going to page 7. This letter campaign is one of our most popular and is good, it is a good start and initial step for you or your watcher community, your watcher group, should you decide to stay in the church and not leave the church and abandon your faith. You initiate your letter to your bishop as follows. Consider giving credit to our Bishop Boyer and our dio- diocese. Our bishop is considered by some to be a devil. Our diocese is considered by some to be a cesspool. The point here is that your bishop cannot be worse than a devil and your diocese cannot be more polluted than our cesspool diocese. We claim the right to primacy in decomp- decomposition, being the first and most decomposed. So, you know, that, uh, uh I just want to digress here again. You know, um, Believe it or not, you know, uh in our diocese, that is what people are telling us you know that um it's a cesspool of of lies, and when you begin investigating and you see these things um, and if you don't have a voice to express you know that this is not jesus uh, it's it's very stifling, but when you look to Carmel, when you look to the Carmel way, um, there are just so many opportunities. Uh, rather than just throwing up your hands and walking away from from your faith from something that is so important in our lives you know throughout our lives we need our faith we need to um to be able to draw closer to god and when we are uh feeling alone and don't have anybody um to reach out to you know when we have a community when we have our church believers there's so much there that uh uh that jesus intended for us So it's so important to speak about, speak out about the evils that happen because we are preserving this gift that Jesus died for, and uh, we are protecting it. You will hear often we ride for the Carmel brand, the Carmelite order. We have the nuns and friars behind us praying and suffering for our successes. Your success at reform, Carmel is known as the order of reform. Carmel has the capacity to sanctify, take that which is dead, and bring to life. That is the story of your brown scapular that you will be wearing as you begin your journey. The brown scapular should be, should you choose to wear that has attached to it promises of eternal life. The point of origin is when the bones of a famous Carmelite of the Old Testament were thrown into a grave, the dead person came to life. You know, I'm wearing my, uh, my carmelite uh scapular you know and uh the story goes at, at the end of it there's a there's a little thing that um saint dominic saint dominic who um who re, you know started this uh reform part of it when the carmelites were dying off um he prayed you know he prayed the rosary and he, the the blessed virgin came to him and said um that i will with the scapular and the rosary save the church save the world I'm sorry save the world the world will be saved um you know Mary comes to comes to people of faith and uh well she's with us all whether we see her or not praying the rosary for for me and um for many you know praying the rosary has so much power and she is um she has appeared more than once to people you know um in Fatima um all over the place she has appeared to people and uh, who pray the rosary faithfully that, um, you know, she will, through the rosary, um, save the world. And uh, to St. Dominic, save the world through the scapular and the rosary. The scapular is is a sign of her protection. It's a Mary's order. And, um, you know, having the mother of God there with us um, our mother, our queen, uh, so beautiful. I'm going to stop here as, uh, we're 56 minutes in and I'm only on page seven, so I can see this is going to take me a while to do. Um, thank you for listening. Um, listen and also, you know, be a voice. You don't have to write letters if you don't want to, but if, I mean, if you really feel like your voice has been stifled, yes, write letters. And if not, if there's things going on in your community, um, you know, Mother Teresa tells us right where we're at to love. Love those around you, maybe who have been violated and are afraid to speak up. Encourage them. Encourage them to listen to this podcast. Encourage them to write letters to the bishop. Uh, if it's not you personally, but the person in the pew next to you is is contemplating leaving the church and has happened to tell you that, um, don't just tell them not to leave the church. Show them an avenue. Show them that this is possible. And so with that, I'm going to pray the prayer for the return of the non-practicing Catholics. O good shepherd, you never cease to seek out the lost, to call home the stray, to comfort the frightened, and to bind up the wounded. I ask you to bring all our fallen away brothers and sisters back to the practice of the faith and to remove all obstacles that prevent them from receiving your abundant mercy, which flows sacramentally through the heart of your holy church. Through the intercession of Mary, the mother of God, their guardian angels, their patron saints, and their ever-prayerful St. Monica, may you pardon their sins and unshackle them from whatever hinders their freedom to come home, For you, O good shepherd, have loved us to the end and offered yourself to the Father for the salvation of all. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless you all. Till next time.